Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann today, focusing on a story which is attracting a lot of attention online. Serial squatter, as she has been dubbed, Dawn Humphreys, aged 83, booted out of a Blue Water Bay residence she's been renting without paying rent for the past two years. How did this happen? What happens to her next? How does someone else avoid becoming a victim as well? Vilma Esbach van der Bank, a lawyer in Port Elizabeth, joining us on the show now. Thanks for your time, Vilma. How are you? Good morning, Darren. I'm very well, thank you. Can you tell us your initial impressions and thoughts about the story? You have followed it. What are the first thoughts that come to mind? Well, the first thoughts that did come to mind is that you can only wonder why it takes two years to evict a lady from a place where she's not paying any rent and how the municipal bill can total up to 600,000 rand. Wow. Um, I do feel that there's better systems that one can put into place to secure and make sure that you have a good relationship with your tenant and then try to negate your losses and to encourage uh, the relationship between a a tenant and a a landlord so that they do not uh, cause so much harm to each other. The, the initial, I do not, I have never seen the, the, the court process, I haven't seen the applications, I haven't seen the affidavits, but it is very problematic that one must battle for two years to get somebody out of your house, somebody that's not paying rental, that's not even trying to assist and um, lower your damages. I think that is a very big problem. Um, another thing that I also do not understand is the candidate attorney who initially um, signed the lease agreement um, it's sort of silent what, what happened to, to her. I don't know if she was a part of the proceedi- proceedings. Was she also now held responsible for the damages? So it's the newspaper article is, 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 is unclear. But what is clear to me is that there's a lot of other things that could have happened um, to, to not allow something to go this far. Is this an unusual or an extreme case? Or are you aware of this happening on a regular basis? Maybe not quite as long as two years, but the tenant not paying and not being able to be evicted. No, most definitely. This, this is very extraordinary, very unusual. I, I must say, you, you do battle uh, with, if once you start off with eviction applications. It takes a long time, but there's a process that needs to be followed. And you need to keep to your time limits. If you do that, you should be successful to have an eviction within, let's say, 12 to to, to 15 months, uh, where the sheriff then comes and removes. And, you know, you've got other protection measures like a hard tech over property. You've got a contract in place. So... I don't know if I can perhaps start there and say that at all times you should, in the first place, have a a proper legal contract and Mm. you must be assisted and guided by your legal representatives, somebody that's that's in the field, that knows what they are doing, that drafts legal contracts regularly. It must be a clear and concise agreement, you know, Um, important uh, credit checks. Uh, You should get your consents from that possible tenant and do your credit checks Make sure that you phone the people who they work for, get the payslips, get proof of bank account details. Protect yourself. If you if you do have a contract, make sure you've got a hypertech over the property. That means that you've got a say over all the movable things in the house. The moment that person does not pay, you can go in, attach it, of course, with a court order, and protect yourself that way. Um, you should never allow somebody to, to sublease. I, I never tell my clients to, to allow somebody to sublease. That is very dangerous. Um, insist on background checks. Choose and screen your tenants properly. Take your time. That's crucial.
It's so crucial. Um, make sure you get positive reference checks. Uh, look at a consistent employment history. Uh, get proof of, of what the monthly income is. You know, befriend your, your tenant. Um, I won't, don't say, do not go by the gut feel when, when you interview people like that. Make sure that you know what is their background. Yeah. Where are they coming from? Look at their history. Um, surety is very important. I mean, you when you sign up uh, somebody for a rental agreement, make sure you've got sureties in place. Everybody's got family who wants them to have a roof over their head. Everybody wants their, their family to be safe. So get sureties. Get the, the mothers and the fathers and the brothers and the sisters to sign surety. Um, and be, another thing, be prepared that tenants might fail you. You need to budget for that. Um, I can only say that we live in, in, in economic challenging times. Yeah. There's an ever-increasing demand for rental properties driven by affordability issues and low levels of confidence in the economy. Um, one should be prepared that at some stage a tenant might then fail you. And and if that happens, you need to have certain uh, ideas and procedures in place. Sure. I'm going to come back to the contract or lease agreement in a little while. I would just like to go back to the start of that last answer. You mentioned the time of between 12 and 15 months as being generally typical if you're a landlord and you need to get a tenant who's not paying evicted from your property. That still seems awfully long. Is there really no way of going about it more easily? I think there is a more easier way, and I don't think it, it is a, a way that, that's often used or utilised. I feel you need to go and sit. At the moment that your tenant does not pay, doesn't matter what amount is not paid or what they are in arrears with, whether it's municipal or what the issue is, you need to go and sit, have a roundtable conference with them and say to them, what is going on? Tell me. Talk to me. Is it just that your boss has paid you late? Um, did you, was it your child in hospital? What is the circumstances of that particular person? If it's a once-off, give them a chance. Sign an acknowledgement of debt. Let them arrange to pay off that amount over monthly installments. And then you say to them, I feel if this happens again, we have to sit, we have to talk, and we're going to agree that you're going to vacate the premises in a month or two months, whenever you are in arrears again. We're going to do this through my lawyer, and we're going to draft the necessary paperwork. So that is, it's it's so powerful to to sit with that tenant and say to him, I cannot afford not to pay my bond. So we have to agree. If this happens again, you must vacate. And there is just... Most tenants are very proud. They don't want to go through that circumstances where they are um, wanted by a sheriff or uh, being ill-treated, uh, his goods taken away from his property. I think that 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 can go a far way. Just sit and talk to you, to, to your tenants and make some come to some terms or make some arrangements and see if that's a possibility. There was, but simultaneously, you should also not allow your tenant to dishonor or disrespect you. At the same time, I would say get your notices out, uh, notices out to vacate, um, do your procedures. There is a system where you have to do a, a letter of demand. You give them 20 days to pay if they are on arrears. If they do not pay, then you proceed with another notice. And then you have to start issuing your summons for eviction together with for damages, claim all of that at one time. But, but simultaneously, you can sit and negotiate. In the case of not having a lease agreement, 
as was the case with Dawn Humphreys. Apparently, the lease was signed by someone else and taken out by them, who then was going to sublet to Dawn, but ended up not moving in themselves. So basically, she was living on the property, but there was no legal contract or lease agreement which allowed her to be there or not. Well, it seems to me that there was an agreement in place, signed by this article clerk, and we don't know whether the agreement said that you may sub-lease. We, we don't know. Um, it, let's say she did move in without any rental agreement. Then the law is quite clear on that. It says that you must have an agreement in place of what the rental will be. And as I can understand, they had a rental agreement of 9,500 rand a month before she paid the deposit. And then you have to know what you are renting and for how long you are renting. So you do not have to have a a rental agreement in place and it does not have to be written. It can be oral. I think we're going to leave it there. We really appreciate you joining us today and sharing the legal perspective. Vilma, have yourself a fantastic day. Thank you so much, Darren. You too. Have a magical day. Joining us now on Behind the Herald Headlines, estate agent Lundy Kutsir. She owns Affinity Real Estate. We're getting your perspective, Lundy, on the serial squatter story in Blue Water Bay that's made news recently. Yes, it is. Um, it's always difficult for somebody standing outside of the field because we don't have all the particulars um, with regarding to um, the tenant that occupied the unit. So one actually has to have the whole story from day one. Um, squatters is a real problem in Port Elizabeth, but the biggest importance starts from day one when you need to place that tenant. It's making that um, decision of, yes, this is the right tenant to place in this property. So a lot of the responsibility falls, unfortunately, on the agent who does that placing. So, uh, yeah, that is the, the, the first little bridge, the big bridge that you need to get over. From an estate agent's point of view, what obligations do you have to a landlord if you're taking over their lease contract and acting on their behalf? Um, first of all, you have, the, have to have the lease mandate with the owner. So the contract in the end of the day, the essence is that the contract is with the landlord from your, yourself as an estate agent. So your contract is not directly with the tenant. So your responsibility is directly with the landlord to ensure that you place the correct tenant, that you've done the correct vetting and due diligence from your side in order to place that tenant in the property. So um, as an estate agent, that's, that's a big responsibility. And then obviously, if a tenant becomes into breach of contract, there is certain steps by law that you have to follow. Um, you cannot act outside of those parameters because otherwise you could, will put yourself in hot water. So it's the same with the landlord as well. You need to make the landlord understand what is the procedures that needs to be followed when a tenant is in breach. So, yeah, but it's a lot of work going into it and you have to keep your finger on the pulse. If you miss one step when you get to the court procedure, the court can throw your case out and you'll have to start the whole process over again. So it's very important that you have an estate agent that knows the process of what to follow when a tenant is in breach of contract. And Lundy, what guarantees can you provide and which can't you provide? Because there's risk involved. Yes, unfortunately, there's no real guarantee. You need to understand, Darren, at this stage in life, um, with COVID that has been there, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So you can do a credit check on a client and everything can be 100% and he can have an excellent credit record. But his life can change in a minute. He can lose his job. Um, so when you do your credit check, you obviously need to go back with to see how they paid, where they paid. Um, your due, that's part of your due diligence, doing follow-up with where they've come previously. Have they lived off the property? Did they pay their rent on time? 
any other issues or questions that you would want to raise an estate agent of worries that you will know that when they move into the property that you manage that they're going to take care of it at the same the only difficult thing is sometimes agents or owners want to get rid of a tenant so you can sometimes be very unlucky that they say to you everything was wonky dory and then by the time that you place the tenant because the information that you've received says to you that it was a good tenant but then somebody could have lied to you um that's why we at affinity we make use of the tpn program um which basically we load our tenants profile every month so if they pay on time the system goes gets loaded with that information and when another agency applies or that tenant goes to another agency apply they will see their little wheel showing their performance with regards to their rental um, owners can also take out an insurance policy. Um, there is certain companies that do that where, um, say for instance, they have a tenant that goes into this breach. The, tech, the landlord will be able to claim from that insurance policy that to cover the rental monthly on it. But obviously that's an extra cost to the tenant. Our company do not do it. Um, it is uh, external companies that uh, render that service. It's like a normal... Um, policy that you take over over like health insurance and things like that but there is quite a few companies in south africa that do that so if you've got a high-risk property uh our landlord and you're scared that you might sit in a situation like that that will be a good option maybe for them to take to know that they're at least covered and Ladi, as managing agents of a lease what happens when the tenant doesn't pay what are the first steps you take how do you prevent someone ending up in the same position as the owner of this house in blue water bay found themselves waiting two years yes um as your contract with your with your landlord and as legislation is there there is certain procedures so first of all if your contract reaches tenant's rent needs to be paid by the first of the month if that rent doesn't reflect by the end of business days on the first, you are allowed as agent to make contact with that tenant and say, so sorry, your rent has not been paid. You're actually in breach of contract. Um, if payment is not received, then we will unfortunately have to issue a letter. The first letter is your seven days remedy letter, which gives them seven days to um, act on that letter and make payment. Then if that is not done, then your second letter goes out, which basically tells you that, sorry, sir, you have not committed to the seven days brief letter that you've received. Um, the second letter is going out to um, process of, we can hand you over to attorneys. Unfortunately, um, one of the, the not so nice things about um, the, the eviction process is you have to have three consecutive months breach of contract to start an eviction process. So say for instance, your tenant has not paid for three months and you followed up with those letters that you've done every month, then on that fourth month you can start the eviction process. So you've got that matter that if he doesn't pay, you can already be in three months in arrears. If he pays for one month between the three months, then you can't start the eviction process again. So it is quite a tricky thing. Lundy, and the implications of municipal charges that are outstanding, in the case we refer to, it was almost 600,000 rand. Do you manage that in a different way, or is it directly between the tenant or the landlord and the municipality? Unfortunately, with the municipality, I advise owners to actually install prepaid water meters and prepaid electricity meters, because um, if a tenant doesn't pay, the, the municipality can block buying those services. But because of the fact that the municipal account is on the landlord's name, the responsibility stays by law on the landlord to pay that. And then the law also says you cannot as owner cut water or electricity supply to the tenant, but if the municipality cuts it, 
that's a different type of story. Um, it's a little, there's a lot of lines between it that, that makes it difficult because obviously you as landlord, if you don't pay your account, your credit goes bad and it's not actually the tenant's, just the tenant's credit that goes bad. But the responsibility, unfortunately, falls back to the owner. You can claim it from the tenant in the end of the day, um, but it's not to say that you're going to get it back. We appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Have a great day. Lundy Kutsia. Thank you so much, Darren, and enjoy the day and strong day to all landlords. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.